Chapter Ten of the Fundamental Doctrines of the Christian Faith by R. A. Torrey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Chapter Ten: The New Birth. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born anew, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. John chapter 3, verses 3 and 5. Our subject in this chapter is regeneration, or the new birth. I spoke on this subject a year or so ago, but I am going to treat it in an entirely different way in this chapter, and furthermore, no course of sermons on the fundamental doctrines of the Christian faith would be complete without a sermon on the new birth. What we have to say in this chapter will come under four heads. 1. What is the new birth? 2. The results of the new birth. 3. The necessity of the new birth. 4. How one is born again. 1. What is the new birth? The first question that confronts us is, what is the new birth? Many speak of the new birth or of regeneration without any definite conception of just what the new birth is, and so are never sure whether they themselves have been born again or not. As plain and clear a definition of the new birth as we can find in the word of God is given in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, whereby he hath granted unto us his precious and exceeding great promises, that through these ye may become partakers of divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world by lust. From these words of Peter it is evident that the new birth is the impartation to the one who is born again of a new nature, God's own nature. By being born again, we become actual partakers of the divine nature. We are all born into this world with a corrupted intellectual and moral nature. The natural man, or unregenerate man, is intellectually blind, blind to the truth of God, the things of the Spirit he cannot see or receive. They are foolishness unto him, and he cannot know them. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. His affections are corrupt. He loves the things he ought to hate, and hates the things he ought to love. A definite description of the affections and tastes and desires of the unregenerate man is found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19, 20, and 21. He is also perverse in his will. As Paul puts it in Romans chapter 8, verse 7, The mind of the flesh is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the laws of God, neither indeed can be. This state of intellectual, spiritual blindness and moral corruption is the condition of every unregenerate man. No matter how cultured or refined or moral he may be outwardly, his inner life is radically wrong. In the new birth God imparts to the one who is born again his own wise and holy nature, a nature that thinks as God thinks. He is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Colossians chapter 3 verse 10. He feels as God feels, loves the things that God loves, hates the things that God hates, wills as God wills. 1 John chapter 3 verse 14. Chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. It is evident, then, that regeneration is a deep, thoroughgoing change in the deepest springs of thought, feeling, and action. A change so thoroughgoing that Paul says in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature, more exactly creation. The old things are passed away, behold, they are become new. To use the inspired language of the Apostle John, Regeneration is a passing out of death into life. John says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 14, We know that we have passed out of death into life. 
until we are thus born again we are in a condition of moral and spiritual death when we are born again we are quickened or made alive we who were dead through our trespasses and sins ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 there is a profound contrast between regeneration and mere conversion conversion is an outward thing a turning around one is faced the wrong way faced away from god he turns around and faces toward god that is conversion but regeneration is not a mere outward change but a thoroughgoing change in the deepest depths of one's being that leads to a genuine conversion or genuine outward change many an apparently thorough conversion is a temporary thing because it did not go deep enough but regeneration is a permanent thing when god imparts his nature to a man that nature abides in the man when he is born again he cannot be unborn or as john puts it in first john chapter three verse nine whosoever is begotten of god doth no sin because his god's seed abideth in him a man may be converted a thousand times he can be regenerated but once two results of the new birth we come now to the second question closely related to the first and it will help us to understand even more clearly what the new birth is what are the results that follow when one is born again they are numerous the first of these is found in first corinthians chapter six verse nineteen where we read know ye not that your body is a temple of the holy ghost which is in you which ye have from god these words were spoken to believers to regenerated men and they plainly tell us that when one is born again the holy spirit comes to take up his permanent dwelling in the man and that the man who is born again thus becomes a temple of the holy spirit it is true that we may not always be conscious of this indwelling of the holy spirit nevertheless he dwells in us the second result of the new birth is found in romans chapter eight verses two to four where we read for the law of the spirit of life in christ jesus made me free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh god sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the ordinance of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit in the seventh chapter of romans we have a picture of the man who is awakened by the law of god which he approves after the inward man which he sees is holy and just and good which he tries to keep in his own strength but utterly fails until at last he comes to an end of himself and is filled with despair of ever being able to keep the law of god outside of him because of the law of sin and death inside him which law of sin and death says the good which you would do you cannot do and the evil which you hate and would not do you must keep on doing when a man is thus brought to a consciousness of his own utter helplessness and turns to god and accepts jesus christ the holy spirit whom jesus christ gives to him who dwells in him sets him free from this law of sin and death so that by the power of the indwelling spirit he is enabled to obey the law of god and to get the victory over the evil things that he would not do and do the things which he would do whereas in a man merely awakened by the law of god the law of sin and death gets a perpetual victory in a regenerate man the law of the spirit of life in christ jesus gets the perpetual victory doubtless many of you here today are still struggling to keep the law of god and utterly failing in your attempt to do so what you need is to be born again and thus having the holy spirit come to dwell in you and then to walk by the spirit and then by the power of this indwelling spirit to get victory every day and hour over the law of sin and death that wars in your members against the law of god 
the third result of the new birth is found in romans chapter 12 verse 2 where we read and be not fashioned according to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind from this it appears that the third result of the new birth is in outward transformation of our lives by the inward renewing of our minds so that we no longer are fashioned according to this world of course the regenerated man does not at once manifest perfectly that of which he has the germ in himself he begins the new life just as we begin our natural lives as a babe and he must grow as peter puts it in first peter chapter two verse two we must as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby this new life must be fed and developed it is irrational and unwarranted by the word of god to expect one who has just been born again and who is consequently a babe in christ to be as perfect in character as one who was born years ago and who has grown to maturity but the moment we are born again we receive in germ all the moral perfection that is to be ours when this germ is fully developed within us and comes to its perfect manifestation the fourth result of the new birth we find in first john chapter five verse one whosoever believeth that jesus is the christ is begotten of god the fourth result of being born again is that the regenerated man believes that jesus is the christ of course this faith that comes from the new birth is a real faith the faith that john here speaks of is not a faith that is a mere opinion but that real faith that jesus is the anointed of god that leads us to enthrone jesus as king in our lives if you are not making jesus king in your heart and life you have not been born again but if you are making jesus king in your heart and life and absolute ruler of your thoughts and conduct then you are born again for whosoever believeth that jesus is christ is begotten of god the fifth result of being born again we find three verses further down in the same chapter first john chapter five verse four for whatsoever is begotten of god overcometh the world the fifth result of being born of god is that the one thus born again overcomes the world the world is at variance with god the whole world lieth in the evil one first john chapter five verse nineteen it is under the dominion of the evil one ruled by his ambitions and ideas the world is at variance with god in its commercial life social life domestic life and all the phases of intellectual life and educational life and is constantly exercising a power over each of us to draw us into disobedience to god see first john chapter five verse three but the one born of god by the power of the faith that comes through being born again gets the victory over the world he gets the victory over the world's ideas purposes plans ambitions he gets the victory over the world in his personal life domestic life commercial life political life intellectual life every day the sixth result of being born of god is found in first john chapter three verse nine revised version whosoever is begotten of god doeth no sin because his god's seed abideth in him and he cannot sin rather cannot be sinning because he is begotten of god the sixth result then of being born of god is that in the one born of god the seed of god remains and therefore the one born of god is not making a practice of sin someone will ask just what does this mean it means exactly what it says if we look carefully at the exact force of the words used and give due emphasis to the tense of the verbs used first of all let us look at the exact force of the word translated sin what does sin mean john himself has been careful to define it in the verse itself and in the context in which our verse is found 
the first thing that is evident from first john chapter three verse nine is that sin is a something done not merely a something left undone and not merely sinful thoughts and desires what kind of a something done is defined five verses back in verse four every one that doeth sin doeth also lawlessness and sin is lawlessness sin here by john's own definition and we have no right to bring the definition of anyone else into the verse we are studying is lawlessness that is such acts as reveal conscious disregard for the will of god as revealed in his word so we see that sin as used here means a conscious intentional violation of the law of god the regenerate man will not be doing that which he knows to be contrary to the will of god he may do that which is contrary to god's will but which he does not know to be contrary to god's will it is not therefore lawlessness perhaps he ought to have known that it was contrary to god's will and when he is led to see that it is he will confess his guilt to god furthermore we should note the tense of the verb used in this verse it is the present tense which denotes progressive or continuous action a literal translation of the passage would be everyone begotten out of god sin is not doing because his god's seed in him is remaining and he cannot be sinning because out of god he is begotten it is not taught here that one born of god never sins in a single act but it is taught that he is not going on sinning not making a practice of sin of what he is making a practice appears in first john chapter 2 verse 29 if ye know that he is righteous ye know that every one also that doeth righteousness is begotten of him the result then of being born again is that the one begotten again does not go on consciously day after day doing that which he knows to be contrary to the will of god but he does make a practice of doing righteousness that is doing that which is conformed to the will of god as revealed in his word the new nature imparted in regeneration renders the continuous practice of sin impossible and renders the practice of righteousness inevitable the seventh result of the new birth is found in first john chapter three verse fourteen revised version we know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren he that loveth not abideth in death the seventh result of being born again is that we love the brethren we should note carefully that the thought of love is as brought out in the context it is not love as a mere sentiment it is love in that higher and deeper sense of a desire for and delight in the welfare of others the sort of love that leads us to make sacrifices for those we love or as we read further down in the same chapter verses 16 to 18 hereby know we the love of god because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren but whoso hath this world's goods and behold his brother in need and shutteth up his compassion from him how doth the love of god abide in him my little children let us not love in word neither with the tongue but in deed and truth this makes it very evident that what the holy spirit here means by love is not a mere affection or fondness for others not a mere delight in their society it means that deep and genuine interest in their welfare that leads us to go down into our pockets when they are in need and supply their need it leads us to sacrifice our own interests for the sake of their interests even to the point of laying down our lives for them the objects of this love are the brethren that is all those who are begotten of god as we read in first john chapter five verse one whosoever believeth that jesus is the christ is begotten of god and whosoever loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him any man who is born again will love every other man who is begotten of god 
the other one who is begotten of god may be an american or a german or an englishman or a negro or a chinaman or an indian he may be educated or uneducated but he is a child of god and a brother and as such if you are born of god he will be the object of your love this is a searching test of whether or not one is born of god the final result of being born of god that we will consider this morning is found in second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 revised version wherefore if any man is in christ he is a new creature creation the old things are passed away behold they are become new the ninth result of being born again including all the other results that we have been considering is that in the regenerate man old things are passed away and they are become new in the place of the old ideas old affection old purposes old choices are new ideas new affections new purposes new choices three the necessity of the new birth for just a few moments let us take a look at the necessity of the new birth this is set forth in one of our texts and in the verses following first john chapter three verses five and six verily verily i say unto you except a man be born of the water and the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of god that which is born of the flesh is flesh that which is born of the spirit is spirit we see here that the new birth is a universal necessity and we see why it is a necessity the word translated except a man be born etc more literally translated would be if any man be not born out of the water and spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of god and why he cannot enter into the kingdom of god the following verse says and that is because all that one gets by natural generation is flesh and the kingdom of god is spiritual and therefore to enter it one must be born of the spirit no matter how refined and intelligent our ancestry no matter how godly our fathers and mothers may have been we do not get the holy spirit from them all we get is flesh it may be refined flesh moral flesh upright and very attractive flesh but it is flesh and they that are in the flesh cannot please god nor inherit the kingdom of god the flesh is incapable of improvement no more can the ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots then can a man who is unregenerate attain to a life pleasing to God. See Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 23. He must be born again. The necessity is also absolute and imperative. So absolute and imperative that Jesus said to Nicodemus, though he was a man of most exemplary morality, a man of high moral and spiritual education, a teacher of Israel, a leader in the religious life of Israel, you must be born again. John chapter 3, verse 7. Nothing else would take the place of the new birth. Men are trying to substitute education, morality, religion, orthodoxy, baptism, outward reform, new thought, theosophy, or the knowledge of God, and such other things, for the new birth. But none of these, or all of them together, are sufficient. You must be born again. There is absolutely no exception to this rule. As Jesus says in John chapter 3, verse 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except any man be born from above he cannot see the kingdom of god four how can one be born again the question therefore confronts each one of you have you been born again there is no more important question that you could possibly face face it in these pages and don't dodge it and that brings us to the immediate practical question how are men born again or what must anyone here today who is not born again, do in order to be born again right here this morning. 
This question also is plainly answered in the Word of God, and I can give you the answer in a very few minutes, and give it so that anyone here can understand it. There are three parts to the answer. The first part of the answer you will find in Titus chapter 3, verse 4. Not by works done in righteousness, which we did ourselves, but according to his mercy, he, God, saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. These words tell us very plainly that it is God who regenerates, and that he does it through the power of his Holy Spirit. The same thought is found in our text, John chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Regeneration is God's work, wrought by Him by the power of His Holy Spirit, working in the mind, feelings, and will of the one born again, in your heart and mine. Someone might infer from the fact that regeneration is God's work, which He works in our hearts by His Holy Spirit, that all we have to do is wait until God sees fit to work, but we see plainly from other passages in the word that this is not true. We are taught the second thing about how regeneration is wrought in James chapter 1 verse 18. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Here we are taught that the word of truth, the word of God, is the instrument that God uses in regeneration. The same thought is found in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23 having been begotten again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the word of God, which liveth and abideth. And Paul gives voice to the same great thought in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, where he says, For though ye should have ten thousand tutors in Christ, yet ye have not many fathers, for in Jesus Christ I begat you through the gospel. From these passages it is evident that the new birth is wrought by God through the instrumentality of his word. It is God who works it through the power of his Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit works through the Word, and thus God begets men anew by the Word of Truth, or the Word of God, i.e., the Word which is preached by the Gospel. So then, if you or I wish to be born again, we should get in contact with the Word of God by studying the Bible, and asking God that the Holy Spirit may make the Word which we are studying a living thing in our own hearts. We should get in contact especially with that part of the word of God which is found in the Gospel of John. For John tells us in John chapter 20 verse 31 that these, i.e., these things in the Gospel of John, are written that ye may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye may have life in his name. If we wish to see others born again, we should bring the word of God to bear upon their minds and hearts, either by preaching the word, or by teaching it, or in personal work. We should look to the Holy Spirit to quicken that word in the hearts of men as we sow it in their hearts, and in this way the new birth will result. The third and last and decisive truth as to how we are born again is found in Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 and John chapter 1 verses 12 and 13. In Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 we read, For ye are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. This tells us plainly that we become born again through putting our faith in Jesus Christ. This is even more explicitly stated in John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. But as many as received him, the Lord Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, 
nor of the will of man, but of God. Here we are told that the decisive thing in our becoming children of God is that we believe in, or receive, Jesus Christ. Anyone who receives Jesus Christ as his personal Savior and trusts God to forgive him, because Jesus Christ died in his place, and receives him as Lord and King, and surrenders his thoughts to his absolute control as his Lord, and his life to his absolute control as his King, and confesses Jesus Christ as Lord before the world, such a one immediately becomes a child of God, is immediately born again, is immediately a partaker of the divine nature. The same thought is illustrated by Jesus himself in John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, where our Lord is recorded as saying, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him may have eternal life. The reference is to the story of the Israelites in the Old Testament, when they were bitten by fiery serpents. As the dying Israelite, with the poison of the fiery serpent coursing through his veins, was saved by simply looking at the brazen serpent on the pole, a serpent made in the likeness of the one that had bitten him, and had new life coursing through his veins as soon as he looked, so we, dying men, with the poison of sin coursing through our veins, are saved by looking at Jesus Christ, made in the likeness of sinful flesh, lifted up on the cross, and having new life coursing through our veins the moment we look. All we have to do with our regeneration is to receive Christ as he is presented to us in the word by which we are born again. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, creation. The old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. In the new birth, the word of God is the seed, the human heart is the soil, the preacher of the word is the sower, and drops the seed of the word of God into the soil of the human heart. God by his spirit opens the heart to receive the seed, Acts chapter 16, verse 14. The hearer believes, the spirit quickens the seed into life in the receptive heart, the heart closes around the seed by faith, the new nature, the divine nature, springs up out of the divine word, the believer is born again, created anew, made alive, passed out of death into life. Have you been born again? I put this question to every man and woman here. I do not ask you whether you are a church member. I do not ask if you have been baptized. I do not ask, have you gone regularly to the communion? I do not ask, have you turned over a new leaf? I do not ask, are you an amiable, cultured, intelligent, moral, socially delightful gentleman or lady? I ask you, have you been born again? If not, you are outside of the kingdom of God, and you are bound for an everlasting hell unless you are born again. But if you are not already born again, you may be born again today. You may be born again before you leave this building. You may be born again right now. For the word of God says, As many as received him, to them gave he the right to become children of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And it says again in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth Jesus as Lord, and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. These verses make it plain as day, just what you must do right here and now to become a child of God. It is up to you to say whether or not you will do it.
End of chapter 10